Um, okay, so I don't have like a good bit. I was thinking we could do like Chris Pratt as Mario impressions, but I don't know if anyone's <laughs> going to care about that in nine days when this episode comes out. I feel like, um, I don't know if it's because of 2022 climate or what it is, but like he's basically doing the Mario voice, but in a much less stereotypical Italian like, he does still have hints of that, like, Mario to it when he's, like, uh, off to the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, I don't know. He still has it, but, like, I feel like it's it's stereotypically torn down. It's pronounced, yeah. I'm heartbroken, personally. I really <laughs> wish that Charles Martinet was still doing the voice because I think that he's perfect. Yeah, um, the OG would have been fine. Ben, I don't know if you've ever heard this before. We were talking about this the other night. Um, did you ever hear the story of how Charles Martinet got the role for Mario? Uh, no. So, um, I, I watched an interview for him a few years ago and basically he said he showed up for an, uh, voice acting audition for a completely different role. Yeah. And, um, he gets there and the casting director's like, Hey man, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. We've already casted for this role. We already found the perfect person. We don't want to waste your time. Yeah. He's like, okay. And the guy's like, wait, we did get approached by Nintendo for a new video game that they're going to do. Um, if you want to audition for it, you know, we'll run it right now. He's like, okay. And they're like, all right, here's the deal. Uh, it's a video game. You're an Italian plumber from Brooklyn go. And he's like, I had nothing prepared. Like I didn't know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm just like, Oh, Oh, it's a me, a Mario. I'm going to make a pizza pie. Wahoo. And immediately, like I'm talking back to the future, Marvin Barry calling up Nintendo. You got to listen to this. Yes, you got to listen to this. And immediately gets the role and has been the voice of Mario for the last, what, 34 years yeah, now? Yeah, like, yeah. What a game. Yeah. I, I guess the idea is they want to sell it on like a famous person or maybe like two hours of Martin A doing that isn't sustainable. It's like, I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 an odd choice. I don't know. I thought Jack Black sounded cool as Bowser. Jack Black, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's but great. He's just he does what he does, yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, so I guess that'll be the opening. <laughs> All right. <laughs> house, 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 house. Uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> just the same as the Friday the 13th. Opening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, we'll keep that going. How? So as you guys know, I, I I don't really know how to start the podcast yet. So it'll either be just talking about Chris Pratt's Mario or something along the lines of Welcome to Late the Movies. My name is Ben Hull, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week, we'll pick a movie that I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. The movie this week is House, the 1977 Japanese one, not the Roger Corman one. There's a lot of movies called House, but this one's the 1977 from Japan. Different no, he go all by Smart yeah. house. It's not smart it's house, smart though house. very scary. Uh, I watched the wrong movie then. Oh yeah, it wasn't house party. It wasn't <laughs> house party. <laughs> okay. No, no kid in play in this movie. Um, my guest this week, left to right across your podcast. Oh, we got Noah. Hello, Miles. Hey, and Corey. What's up? Uh, it's very. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> he doesn't want to be uh, here. I don't know. My voice is raspy today. <laughs> oh, okay. He's still recovering from the movie last night. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I understand. Um, because it was just me going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Over and all of us just going, "Uh, what's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We're uh, tech, uh, like two weeks over a year into the podcast, so it's very rare that we get to have a new person on, so it's exciting to have Miles here today. I'm glad it could be this movie that yeah, you get in on. Happy to be here, man. Yeah. Um, this was, uh, what did you just make us watch, dude? Uh, like, honestly. We'll get into it. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about House, but first, as always, 
Um, let's talk a little bit about what we've been watching recently. And since you're new, uh, what's like your relationship to watching movies? Is it a typical pastime? Is it once in a while kind of thing? 100% cinef- cinemaphile. Yeah. Um, I have watched a lot of movies. Um, I don't know if I know anybody that's watched more movies. I mean, maybe cool. you, but um, myself personally, I mean, I grew up on the classics, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, um, as of late, I'm way more into horror than anything else. So this was definitely up my alley. Um, recently, uh, Noah and I actually went to go see that movie Barbarian. Um, I'm not sure if you guys had talked about this yet or not, but that was, uh, quite an interesting movie. Talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Okay. Uh, in an episode, I was the only one who'd seen it. So I was just like, here's what I watched recently. I liked it, but you I did? Couldn't, couldn't really talk about more than that because no one else had seen it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, the other night I did catch uh, the new Hellraiser. That movie was awesome. Yeah. Um, very different than the original. I like that they didn't go for a one for one remake. Um, I'm kind of getting sick of that cash grabs in Hollywood these days. Right? Yeah, it seems like they're moving away from it. And it's like a like a legacy reboot or a requel. Technically, it comes after, but it's with different but similar stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I'm hearing good things. I haven't watched it yet. OK, Um yeah, I mean, I, I'd say nowadays probably horror more than anything. I'm not a big action guy. Um, love comedies. Cool. Those are probably my big ones. Nice. Have you guys seen anything cool recently? Um, I don't know if I've been watching any movies. I did watch. I've I've watched a couple episodes of um, both, like the Lord of the Rings show, um, the House of the Dragon show. I think that's about it, honestly. I mean, those take up a lot of time, though. They some, do. Some yeah. of the House of the Dragon episodes are like over an hour long. Yeah, it's so. like an hour. And, it's a movie yeah. per episode. Basically, yeah. They, they're that expensive. That makes sense. Same with you. Uh, yeah, the two shows that Corey mentioned, um, Hellraiser, uh, I watched too. Nice. Um, did you like it? I did like it. Um, I had just seen the first Hellraiser, like the original one, maybe a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, definitely a different movie. I didn't really care for any of the characters. <laughs> I was like, you can die. You can die. I don't care. <laughs> um, but some of the like cinematography and shots that they had were like stunning. Yeah, yeah they were, it, it was stunning. Yeah. And then I saw um, that new Marvel, the horror. Werewolf by Night. Yeah, oh, I thought it was, that. I did. I thought it was really good. I haven't yeah. watched it yet either. Yeah, it's um definitely a, a take on like the old monster movies, which I haven't seen a ton of. Um, but that's but yes. what I've heard. It's very like, yeah. referential to you know, the classic Universal monster movie. Yeah, so. for, yeah, for sure. Um, but there's some I, I don't want to say gore, but some limbs got you know cut off. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to see that in like a nice. a Marvel movie. You know? Yeah, it's like Gael Garcia Bernal is in it, I think. And it's it's um I was listening to a different podcast that said uh, I, I like specifying it's a different podcast. It's not the same podcast that we're doing now. Yeah, it's yeah. a different one. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was talking about how they wish that Marvel has so many horror characters that they should be doing more one offs. Like it was great. It's it's yeah. so it's just it seems like such a simple execution. To yeah, just make a what was it like fifty something minutes long and just. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was like the perfect amount of time too. It was. Uh, I hope they do more of them. Yeah. So, and what is the deal with this? Because I tried to do a little bit of research and I couldn't figure it out for myself. Uh, I saw that the runtime's fifty-four minutes. Uh, is this a series and it was a one-shot? Was this a mini movie? Like, I don't. Is there more of this coming? Does anybody it's know? Just, it's just. It's just like a limited edition type of thing. Like this is it. It's a one and done. Yeah. Get it. Okay. Get it. Got it. <laughs> get it. Got it. Good. <laughs> Uh, which I like. I feel like they should do. They have what, however many hundreds of characters that if someone has a good idea for like, yeah, give me 
a few million dollars to make a 55 minute something that you can put on Disney Plus. They wouldn't even notice it's gone. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't. They're like, oh, it's fine. We'll just make another shitty Captain America movie and make all the money back. Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, so it's a hot take. The thing this week, so Werewolf by Night, New Hellraiser, uh, a new Mike Flanagan series came out on Netflix. Oh, uh, really? What's that? Called Midnight, Midnight Club. Club. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and those all came out in the last like two days. I'm interested. Um, So it's it's tough to catch up. I think Hellraiser came out earlier in the week, week. but yeah, Halloween Ends is coming out next week. Um, Is that direct? Hocus Pocus two, direct to Peacock, and direct to Peacock. Yeah, Hocus Pocus two came out last week. So have not watched it yet. No spoilers, please. Yeah. Yeah. So it's tough with all these things that come out online. It's so easy to just like not realize like Mike Flanagan, who made my favorite show of 2021, uh, Midnight Mass. New yeah, series came out good. yesterday and it's like, oh shit, okay, I, I guess I gotta anything. watch that. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I also Guillermo del Toro is supposed to have a series that comes out this month on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the Cabinet of Horrors or something. Something, about, like that? something yeah. to that effect. Some, yeah, that, some kind I of think that's gonna be scary as hell. He's got a stop motion Pinocchio coming out. I don't Very think excited for that. Yeah. You and McGregor, right? As a Yeah. It um, looks like it's, it's going to be better than the Disney Plus Pinocchio that just came out. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard good things. It's hot so. garbage. Was it? Yeah, apparently. I didn't watch oh. it, but I've listened to other podcasts that yeah. say it's hot garbage, and I trust those people. So That's unfortunate, man. Tom Hanks as uh, Geppetto. I never would have thought that that was like a perfect fit. The trailer made it seem yeah. so, but I don't know if uh, that translated to two hours or not, but... The the general consensus is the the Drew Carey Geppetto is, is better. <laughs> from there was like a i think like a direct to disney channel or a direct to abc like drew carey geppetto oh movie God. that came out when we were in like middle school or something i bet he'd make a good geppetto. That sounds familiar <laughs> right it's just like right on the edge of my brain wait what the hell yeah that's a thing that exists yeah um, i can't imagine that yeah that's good i'm gonna try and find like a vhs copy of that for a white <laughs> elephant next year but um anyway Every week this month, I'm trying to watch something on Shutter and then talk about it for this. Shutter is a cool Shutter is a cool streaming service. I think it's technically AMC's horror streaming service, but um, it has a ton of movies that are hard to find elsewhere and just weird stuff playing all the time. They have three live channels, which I appreciate. You can just like turn it on and see what they're playing and watch like five minutes of some bonkers 80 slasher or something. Um, they have a ghoul log going right now. It's like a Yule log, but <laughs> ghoulish. Okay. It plays like horror music. It's uh, in the style of Phil Tippett's Mad God, which I will talk about on the next episode. This week, I watched a movie that also came out, I think just a couple days ago, called Deadstream. Get it? Because it's like live stream. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. I get it. And wow. It's a, it's a pretty cool concept. It's uh, a influencer who is... Um, sort of nebulously referencing how he got demonetized on a platform that's obviously supposed to be Twitch. and uh, But he finally got sponsors back, and he's trying to like rebuild his audience by live streaming himself staying overnight in a haunted house. Oh, I saw a preview for this. Yeah. I think it was a YouTube ad, honestly. Oh, it could be. Um, but yeah, that's on Shudder. I, I liked it. It's um, it's it's kind of schlocky. It's, 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 it's supposed to be comedy, and comedy horror is such a fine... Line oh, yeah. to uh, balance. Oh, yeah. Hard, hard Speaking to balance. <laughs> it's a tightrope. Whatever you want, whatever you want to say, it's like a hard thing to balance. And clearly, super influenced by Sam Raimi, and uh, it's like Evil Dead Two if Ash had a first person camera, basically. <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> but it's but it's pretty funny. Um, it goes more for comedy than like insight into like this you know streamer culture stuff. But it is like 
pretty funny how much of a shithead this guy is. (laughs) And then just like terrible shit happens to him. And um, like all the movies I'm recommending off a shutter, it's under 90 minutes long. So, okay. Are they a sponsor? Good. No, but I like the service. So whatever. There's there's like a billion services out there, and this is a fun. Hit them up. Hit them up. Get them on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of companies are surprisingly like open to like if you want to review something or whatever, just just send them an email. See what happens. Um. Yeah. House. We're probably gonna make a point, but yeah, yeah. I nailed it. I think I told you it's like yeah, it's this like 1977 Japanese experimental psychedelic horror film that's kind of a horror comedy, but maybe not on purpose. You're going to like it. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I did enjoy it. It Good. was very weird. Um, but I'm wondering, do you know any like background of the movie? Like who paid for this? Yeah. Um, let's get it. Let's let's get into the movie first. I think it's more okay, fun okay. to do it this way. We'll we always start with a one minute plot summary. Um, but before that, we we stay, we submit our disclosure form about what we already knew about this movie. So I've, I've seen this movie before. Had any of you guys? I've never seen no. this before. No. This is a one of a kind. Yeah, just, this is uh, a no. sui generis. Um, this is, uh, yeah, a movie that kind of was lost to time, but then rediscovered, I think, like in the thousands by American audiences. Was it, oh, um, 2009, I saw, was when it got its wide release. Finally. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, so crazy. it's, you know, 32 years later. Um, that's pretty much it. Now that it's, on, it's in the Criterion collection, that's, if you watch it on HBO Max, it has the Criterion logo at the beginning. And uh, with a one line description, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so it's what it's like eight girls go to a house, yeah, weird uh, stuff happens, girl, weird stuff goes happens. to a haunted house. Yep. Um, so one of you guys who wants to do a one minute plot summary on house, oh, actually, it's Miles' first time, yeah, you should Let's do have it. him do it. Uh, so um, uh, when you say a plot summary, like, am I giving anything away here? Like, I mean, just we don't it, care about spoilers on here. No, we right? don't care about spoilers. Yeah. Just too late. Well, well, first off, I guess this is a unique movie, in, wi- in which case I want to say, like, if you do care about spoilers, there's weird stuff that happens. If you're not expecting it, it probably is more effective. So I would say just go watch the movie and then come back yeah. to the podcast. I don't know if spoilers won't ruin it entirely anyway. We're here to talk yeah. about the movie. So whatever. Screw it. All yeah. right. So you got this girl, right? Her name's Gorgeous. She finds out that her dad has taken on a new lover. She gets very upset about that. So she's like, I'm going to hit up my aunt and see if I can go hang out at her place for the summer with my six girlfriends. Aunt answers back, says yes. Boom. Her and her friends take a little trip to auntie's house and some weird shit starts going down. Right off of the bat, you know the aunt is just not good. Right? 30, 30 seconds. She's got those creepy little <laughs> stairs, whatever. Well... One by one, the girls start getting picked off by weird shit in the house. Turns out that the house is haunted. Uh, the aunt is a vampire, I think. And um, there's a whole lot of blood. Cat blood. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You nailed it. 55 seconds, just about. Um, so this movie, now that we've got into the plot, Toho Productions, you might recognize the production logo. It's the company that made Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that was and their main a thing. A bunch of other stuff. Yeah. When Jaws comes out in 1975, becomes this phenomenon, redefines how movies come out, defines a summer blockbuster. And Toho's like, well, big monsters are our fucking thing. We're, we need one ourselves. We need to hire someone to make our own version of Jaws. So they go to Nobuhiko Obayashi, who is a commercial director primarily, also has some roots in experimental film, but mostly is like an ad man. He makes advertisements. 
And that makes so much sense. And they're like, oh, we just need to bring in like a journeyman guy who's just like, just make like Jaws, but for us. And he goes, got it. <laughs> and he made this. Um, the reason the movie is the way it is, it's kind of like a Rorschach test because we can say there's all this like stuff about this uh, trauma of like a generationally consuming evil because of World War II. Nohiko Obayashi goes to his daughter and has her co-write the movie with him based on like a 10-year-old's stream of consciousness. I think I know which thing, thing she did. <laughs> um, so he, so Obayashi in interviews talks about how adults had need, can only think of things that are rooted in the explainable, but kids don't have that restriction. So that's why it's just stuff is happening because it's like, uh, like a child's manic recollection recollection of a dream they had, or like if you have like a, you know a young kid or whatever that's describing a movie that they saw to you, and they're not like they're not describing it well, and they're focusing on weird things that don't matter, and you can tell that like that part probably didn't actually happen, and that's essentially how the movie was written. <laughs> yeah, I guess I uh, got the idea for the haunted house from uh, a nightmare she was having about being eaten by something in a mirror. Um, and then a couple of those scenes that she came up with personally was uh, Max Head in the Well and uh, the piano melody. Okay. okay. Yep. She must not like cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or too much. I don't know. Or like I them mean, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Or like them a lot. People love, people love Blanche. <laughs> I, have yeah. a, I have a Blanche hat. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, f- I think I've seen you wear that. Mm-hmm. Now it, it makes sense. Yeah. Blanche the cat? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks, Super Yaki. Just another another brand that we can give free advertising to. They make those ads. Hit them up. Hit them up. <laughs> yeah, hit them up. Uh, yeah. I, I want screeners early on movies, and I want free merch. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's essentially the context for this movie. Um, Obayashi, like I said, has some roots in experimental films. He makes, like, a short before this. Um, but that's kind of it. I think it's called Complex. And... Uh, this is not exactly what Toho wanted. It's not super successful. <laughs> no, it did not do well. Um, and then it sort of is uh, just sort of lost the time, but then rediscovered and people are like, actually, this is a masterpiece. It's it's one of the sort of <laughs> poster children of there's like this phenomenon on Twitter that 10 years after a movie flops, Twitter will be like, actually, that movie was a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And this was just like, Film culture in general, 30 years after in a different country, it's like, actually, this is my favorite movie now. <laughs> so, yeah. Would so you- I'm going to dive right in here. Okay. Do it. I'm going to dive right in here. Do it. Um, content of the movie aside, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that it is rated as well as it is, and I liked it for what it is, mainly due to the cinematography and the editing. Okay. Yeah. So 1977, right? Most of the stuff that was done in this movie had not been done yet. They claim what this was the first Japanese movie to use CGI, like digital effects, essentially, I think is something that Obayashi claimed on this movie. It uses like every technical trick available at the time, anywhere, essentially. (laughs) Obayashi's got balls. And I'm going to tell you why this is. And it's because he used a lot of effects in that movie that had not been done before. He had not done before and did not know what they would look like until the finished product was done. Uh, In particular, uh, Melody, the girl gets eaten up by the the piano um what a scene oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll get into this a little more later uh when we talk about the deaths but yeah. um the 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 graphics in this scene in particular i mean you could tell um the blue chroma keying was yeah. uh 
Obvious. You know, look like it was done by his 10-year-old, but yeah. 1977, we'll give him a little credit here. The way that stuff like that was achieved, he actually just poured blue paint yep. on the actresses. Yep. Like, that wasn't a suit Are she was serious? wearing. Yeah, yes. you could see, like, just her head, her midsection, her arms and legs, like, flailing all around the screen, and you can see the hints of blue. That's because he literally put blue paint on her. Oh, okay. uh, gorgeous in the mirror scene when uh, she sees her aunt in the mirror as a vampire, and then she all of a sudden bursts into flames covered in blue paint. Yep. Uh, why You're not, not just wearing a blue paint suit. The cloth and put it on. That's uh, in blue paint, dude. And I that's know how we did that. They did the effect for Prof when she's getting dissolved in the cat's in the blood. In the cat's pool. blood, yep. That it's, was huge. She's like, they have her like up in the air spinning around and they're just like throwing blue paint on her to that's, make her like dissolve, quote unquote. For 1977, dude, yeah. that's awesome. Well, this would have been done in what, 55 or 50, uh, 75 or 76, I'm guessing, and then that, released yeah. in 77. So for the time period, I mean, that's. Oh, it's insane. That's ingenuity, man. I mean, that's groundbreaking. You have to not um, give a fuck. And you have to be working with a lot of non-professional actors yeah. who won't tell you no. Well, that, I mean, <laughs> to his point, um, something else that I had read about this movie, uh, most of the actresses in the movie, with the exception of the aunt, um, were not trained actors and actresses. They, they had not done film before. In fact, Gorgeous that. and a couple of Gorgeous's friends were girls that were in ads that Obayashi had done. Oh, so he literally okay. was just like, you want to star in my movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So yep. this this dude, like, I got to say, you know, I didn't know anything about him. I did read into him a little bit. I got to give him credit. I mean, the guy had balls to do things that people weren't doing. He took a ragtag team of girls and whipped up this fever dream of a masterpiece, which, again, for me, is all about the cinematography and the editing. Yeah. Now, there's some exceptions. OK, so I'm going to the good. Um, I loved the uh, tunnel zoom shots. Uh -huh. Right. Every time it was the focus was going in on gorgeous and she's maybe, you know, like 100 yards away. You got that classic like golden what is that eye. Called? When, when you're shot. you're moving closer, but zooming out. Oh, yeah. We've talked about dolly zooms a couple times. That's what, OK. Yeah. That, yeah. I couldn't remember what it was called. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I just I, I mean, they even, you know, we were talking about the fact that uh, when a zoom shot like that happened and you had the tunnel vision, yeah. you had the tinny voices, too, which is not something you can just run through a filter on, yeah. you know, Pro Tools or anything anymore. Like he was talking about, you'd actually have to like run the microphone through a tube to emulate that kind of a sound. So it's it's these little things. And when I take into consideration the year when this was made, that's why it's awesome for me. Now, problems. There were some very weird effects that were used in this movie, and there were some interesting cuts well when you throw everything at the wall it's not all gonna stick how about stop motion bucket butt boy that's the best scene in the <laughs> that whole was movie everything mr togo does connects to the plot so smoothly bananas it's, it's just so <laughs> that so man turns into field. bananas you're 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 five minutes six minutes into the movie and mr togo is like running right and this is a normal movie shot at i'm guessing 24 frames per second then all of a sudden out of nowhere poor dude falls down a flight of stairs face first and then rolls and lands ass first into a metal bucket which drags and, him around and through traffic and shit yeah and it now turns into a wallace and gromit sequence of him just like rolling around in the middle of the street almost gets hit by a car but it's done at like eight frames a second like what what uh, were you doing there there's a few times that yeah the frame rate changes a lot and some of it is just like restoration stuff it's an old okay movie and some of it is obviously like an artistic choice we were wondering that about is that, that is an the, artistic choice for sure and some of the uh inside the house scenes um when it's close-ups on the girls uh later in the movie we did notice it seemed like it dropped down to maybe like 12 frames a second like it yeah. seemed like it was about half speed didn't know if maybe it was like a different camera choice or like what it was that he had done there but. most of the time it is there's a couple times where it happens that it doesn't seem to serve any kind of purpose 
purpose that yeah, I think no is purpose. just like it's a restoration thing. Okay. The fact that it looks as good as it does, like it's, it's on streaming right it, now, is kind of insane. Th- there was a point in the house too where the mic changed, like noticeably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the quality that. of sound just like yeah. shifted a lot, and I was like, oh, I don't wonder if that was intentional, but probably not. They probably rescued as much as they could. My my favorite part of the movie, honestly, was like Miles said that the cinematography, like the, some shots were incredible, and some of the transitions. Oh my god! Yes. Were very beginning of the amazing. movie. The, the smaller you got a smaller square right in the middle Don't of the know screen. How they did that. Right, so you that got, she you, fucking walks you into. You got a close up of yeah. gorgeous, and it's just like this little, maybe a third of the size of the screen square right in the middle. Yep. And then there's something in the background. You can't really tell what like the um, second layer of video is, and then all of a sudden, seamless. It's you know yeah, it's uh, four by three aspect ratio. Like what de- what happened or sixteen by nine, whatever we there's, watched it in. There's so much inventiveness. One of the thing that one of the things that always stands out to me is that like okay, they couldn't afford, I guess, to film on a real train. Maybe. Oh so, yeah. So the scene yeah, the of transition when it's just like the matte, it's the very psychedelic matte painting backgrounds that are going by. And um, it's clearly just all the girls are just sitting on like folding chairs and like mm-hmm. leaning in and mm-hmm. like you understand it's a train compartment, but they're clearly just sitting. Yeah. And they're just have, you know, the overlay of the background and stuff. And there, yeah, there's so many times that there's just images overlaid on top of other images. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you just you just got to not give a fuck. I and guess. What about the just boomerangs? I'll, I'll say boomerangs for you know yeah, yeah. today's lingo at least like randomly oh, yeah. multiple times over the course shots. of the movie yeah, they'll they'll take like two seconds of film and just play it forward and back forward and back forward and backwards like it was just it, it stuff that you weren't used to seeing at that time yeah. I mean people still aren't doing that you know what I mean a couple that just stick out is when sweets getting attacked by the bedding there's yep. a yep, bit yeah, of yeah, a yeah. reverse and yep. then obviously the bananas Mr. Toko, bananas bananas bananas, bananas. Yeah. there was one scene where the cat jumped into the the oh, yeah. lady's lap, but yep. it was just the cat backwards. Yeah, it was just yep. a reverse click. Oh, did you did you Shark pick up? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say yeah, somebody yeah. totally threw the cat right onto the aunt's lap when yeah. they were wheeling her out of a room, and yeah, then yeah, off yeah. of uh, camera right over here, the cat just comes flying right onto her lap like nothing happened. Yeah, there's there's a few times that clearly live animals are thrown in this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's worth it with this movie to really be like, well, here's what happens step by step and talk about how we felt about each part. But I am curious at the beginning, it takes a little while to build up to like all this shit's going crazy. And you have just these girls with these like character name, essentially character names, essentially who remembers all the girls names. I could name. Well, I was going to ask you guys who, who who, like, who would you be out of? Uh, you know, gorgeous melody, sweet fantasy. Yeah, kung, kung fu is. By far I'd be melody. I mean, I'm. I, I'm usually. I got a guitar in my lap, so I definitely melody. Prof. Oh, who would who would we be by choice or default? Who are you? <laughs> oh yeah, not melody. I mean, not a uh, kung fu. Yeah, yeah. kung fu. That's not we me. don't want to be kung fu. Yeah. yeah, that's who I'd want to be. I don't know. I like fantasy's arc a lot, and I feel like I. I feel like you'd be Mac, dude. You love food. You <laughs> I love food. food. I do. You love food. Uh, short That's for true. stomach, by the way. I didn't pick up on that over the course of yeah, the movie. Yeah, you get there eventually. They did explain that? Okay. It was when I was doing a little oh, bit of reading online. I'm like, why are they calling Mac? And I'm thinking to myself, like, the Big, Big Mac, Mac definitely Mac. wasn't around in 1977, yeah. I don't think. Or was it? I don't think so. I mean, Japan? They- yeah, right. Uh, Japan's got everything like 10 years before us, too. They probably had the Big Mac before it was even a thing. But regardless, you know what I mean? I was like, why are they calling her Mac? Like Mac, 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 short for stomach. 
Yeah. I loved I, how her entire personality was based on the fact that she liked food. She was always oh, double fisting. Field over food. there. Yeah. Matt's probably in it. Yeah. When they can't find her, they're like, oh, yeah, she's probably, probably just, eating somewhere. She's probably just eating crops. <laughs> yeah. Eating she's raw potatoes. Digging in the ground, eating raw potatoes. Yeah. She's got to clear the whole field. So it's going to take her a while. Yeah. So uh, one thing I do want to kind of zero in on is, um, and I wonder if you have any perspective on this. I don't know how closely things you to each other. But I've never lived in Asia, so yeah. Um, anyway, um, so I've talked about um, action button reviews before. I'm mentioning the cyberpunk review that in the was the finale of season one of action button reviews. That is like nine hours long or whatever. It's really good. Season two just started, and the first episode was about a PS1 game called Boku no Nasiyasumi, which is like a kid My. named Boku's summer vacation. Oh, okay. And it's about this city kid who spends his summer vacation, which is August, they just get one month, um, at his aunt and uncle's house in the countryside. And the review talks a lot about the guy who does the reviews lived in Japan for like 10 years. And he's talking about this concept in Japanese culture of people living in the city who have this like idealized vision of a summer spent in the countryside. And, um, uh, and I didn't purposely like watch that and this and connect them until I was watching that. I was like, oh yeah, these are all people who live in the city. They're just like, we got to get out to the country. We're going to your aunt's house. Fuck. Yes. This sounds awesome. <laughs> and there's so much stuff in the movie about advertisements that say like, return to the country, get married. And, uh, all this just like return to the country ideology that, um, I don't really know what to do with that, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty common thing. Like you, if you watch like anime movies or just Japanese stuff in general, even if you just live in a, a cramped, like po- heavily populated city, you just want to like get out and like be free, breathe like fresh air. Um, and when you get older, I feel like that's just a thing. Like my parents, my dad's like, oh, I just want to live in the middle of the woods away from everything. Yeah. Um, so that's like a common mindset, I would say. Mm hmm just to like retire and chill because they're always like one thing after another in Japan, like things are going quickly, moving quickly, heavily condensed. They just want to release. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it made sense for the auntie. She just kind of, you know, she was chilling. She chilled and waited for girls to come to her house and then gobbled them up, man. Yeah. Easy enough. Replenish that energy. Replenish. (laughs) So we, we kind of started to understand what was going on as it happened. Right. I mean, you've got, uh, so when you first get to auntie's house, you know, she, she's looking really decrepit. She doesn't look good. She's in a wheelchair. They're wheeling her around. Um, first girl goes missing. It's Mac, right? She, she goes to get her watermelon out of the well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she goes missing. The girls realize it a little while later. And then all of a sudden, auntie gets up and walks out of the wheelchair. Somebody called it to you. They're like, this, this bitch is going to start walking. Mm-hmm. It was one of the two of you. I don't remember, yeah, but you're like, this bitch is going to walk and it's going to be unsettling. Yeah. yeah. She gets up. She's walking around. Oh, you guys have given me energy. Like, okay, we see what's happening here, bitch. This is, yeah, she, this she, has been done yeah. before. Maybe not in 1977, but you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. She's um, literally talking about like, oh, you've given me energy. Yep. And she oh, yeah. literally we, means. We knew what happened. Um, I was going to ask you, did, did they like eat Mac? Like, I don't understand what that whole scene was she representing. Ate Mac. Yep. So the she, I don't know her I head was the watermelon. All right, so little context here. Uh, they put a watermelon down in a well because she's like, "You can't use my refrigerator. Let's use a natural one." So they put the watermelon down a well to keep it cool. Uh, Mac, being the fat ass that she is, although she really wasn't that fat. <laughs> no, she They're wasn't at all. She's pretty fit. Which she she's she's like un she's 
they, when she's like in her, I guess, hangout clothes, she doesn't have all the layers on. She's yeah, actually yeah, walking she's, off to go get the watermelon. She's, yeah. she's not fat. She no, wasn't fat, but yeah, either way. Yeah. She, so she goes to get her watermelon. She, she disappears. in their defense, though. Yeah, mm. she does. Um, they basically <laughs> just had this watermelon like tied up with a rope and then they threw it down a well, whatever. So she goes missing. Um, do we remember who it was that went to go find her? Fantasy. It's fantasy. Okay, so Which fantasy. Which is why they don't believe her. Fantasy goes to, to, you know, see where she is. And she's like, oh, she hasn't gotten the watermelon yet. And, you know, she pulls the rope, pulls the rope, pulls the rope. She's looking up at the beautiful sky. Everything's great. Looks down and she's holding a head. And it's Max's head, which that's a whole fever dream of a sequence in itself where sequence is her, awesome. her, her head just starts all of a sudden so flying. Good. And she's smiling and they're <laughs> laughing. And then she bites afraid, her butt. She runs bites away. Her butt. She bites her, her butt. right on the ass. I love that yeah. they throw in for no reason that she's just like vomits a bunch of blood and then falls back into <laughs> the well. Is, yep, that was weird uh, yeah and, and while we're on it that's probably my favorite composition in the movie is the shot with the matte background of the sunset oh, yeah. where they're at the well it just looks oh, yeah. so fucking cool it's great dude we were talking about that too yeah, we really like the so set good. designs um they they did a lot with a little amount of money because oh, i yeah. know that they didn't spend a yeah. lot on this movie you can tell this is all soundstage stuff oh, yeah. except maybe a I think maybe like the shot at the end where the stepmom comes and she's opening the doors that probably is like a more built up set, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is very sound stagey. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just oh, love no, that. no, no, you're fine. So oh, they, they grab the watermelon and they bring it in and they're cutting up the watermelon. Um, you hear Max's voice like faintly when it does like a little bit of a pan in on the watermelon. Then they're all eating it. They're all happy. And then Fantasy looks over at Auntie and she like smiles and she opens oh, her yeah. mouth ever so little and there's an eyeball I in her about mouth. that part. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's just like fucking with her at this point yes. because like she knows something's up. She just got bit by a flying head and now all of a sudden auntie's got an eyeball in her yeah. mouth. So it's she, like she knows no one's going to believe fantasy. So she right. lets fantasy see all this shit. But like, are they eating their friend? Like, I, I don't know what the symbolism was there. That might be the implication because that's the only food that yeah. besides like people or I guess half of a fish that you see on oh, the goldfish. Oh, that was weird too, yeah. man. But the, you specifically see Auntie eating the watermelon. So yeah. I'm assuming that that like, watermelon is Max. <laughs> okay. You, you see her just eating body parts to it. Random scenes. Yeah, yeah they just go right for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not no. subtle. So she died Two first. Does anybody remember who died after her? It, it um, was a shit show after that, man. I yeah. There's you. sort of... Um, so that's going Melody? on. Melody? Not Melody No, Melody yet, was like Melody's one of the third. She was third or four. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's when oh, oh, gorgeous, 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 gorgeous goes off one. to take a bath oh, yeah, while her. sweet goes to the bedding. And then she, she gets into that little staring contest with the doll, but then gorgeous ends up going up to her yeah. room, gorgeous sees the mirror thing. First, yeah. The mirror breaks. There's blood coming out of the mirror. Great shot. She all of a sudden just bursts up in flames. So you don't know, like we all called it too. We thought that she was going to live. Like, like she how is gorgeous not the alive. final girl? No, yeah. it, it ends up being fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Gorgeous gets the battle. Well, I don't the even very know if I could call her final girl, though. I have to well, assume Auntie ate her after she was she, like. She did. But yeah. <laughs> she was naked in a literal sense the final the girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, True. But yeah, Gorgeous has that sequence that's like really famous where the pieces of her face are breaking yeah. off and that you see the fire and then it's the whole yeah. body besides her hair is on fire. I liked it too when uh, Prof kept looking at the mirror and then looking back at Gorgeous and looking back in the mirror and couldn't see her in the mirror so she knew something was up and that she wasn't yeah. alive. There's got to be a logical explanation. Um, <laughs> Piano and, was probably the best death in yeah. the whole movie. So, I have to oh, say. Yeah. Around the Gorgeous thing is when Kung Fu fights all the wood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I think. Was, Oh, 
this oh. was strange. This must have been an illusion. Rewind back, back to when we, we realized Kung Fu was a badass, when the chandelier oh pieces my God. fell yeah, down, sick. and she, she karate like, yep. hit one of them into the phone thing. Yeah, that was great. And it killed the salamander, the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was weird. If you're, if you're doing a body count in this movie, you got to make sure that the salamander and the goldfish are included. Yeah, they should have known something was up when they came in and Auntie used Alexa, and there was no Alexa in 1977. She was just like, turn on lights, and they turned on, and they were like, oh, okay. See, I told you Japan has everything 10 years before us, man. They had Alexa before we had the internet. Dear chandelier shine on them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's... Anytime Kung Fu fights and he goes like, yeah, 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 yeah. that was amazing. Fucking love that. Yeah. That was amazing. No That's matter funny. the context, no matter how fucked, how how many of their friends have been obviously eaten, still like the. Da, 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 da. So yeah, good. some of the music choices were good. Um, so when uh, uh, who was it? It was they were looking for sweet at the end. I think I can't remember who it was. Um, they started playing like this weird like Japanese like jazz like music funky. or something oh, that was yeah, like kind yeah, of yeah. funky and stuff. Yeah. Or Seinfeld I don't know based. what it was. Yeah. What was up with the choice of music yeah. in this movie though? You had um, a couple of American songs in there, which I thought was like interesting. Yeah, during the Mr. Togo scene Bucky early on with the bucket. It's great. Also, yeah. okay, so yeah, it's when time to talk was, about. Oh, it's yeah. time to talk about the elephant in the room here. Okay, so please the, tell me that you picked up yeah, on. Yeah, of course. Okay, the, the first few notes of the house theme that Melody plays a couple times are the first few notes of Welcome to the Black Parade. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I, I we uh, I feel like we all kind of felt it, but it wasn't me that mentioned it. it was one of the two. Was it Corey? It was Noah. He's like, oh, it kind of oh, sounds like Black Parade. Yeah. And I and was like, immediately it was like a hive mind moment. Yep. We all just synergy. Boom. We all got it at the same time. So I, I researched it and apparently Gerard Way did say that um, Welcome to the Black Parade is influenced by 70s horror um and sci-fi elements and when i looked into it yeah dude it's it's almost a one for one mm-hmm. like i i couldn't get out of my mind the rest of the movie great song too yeah oh yeah so that's oh, yeah. um and we missed after mac is eaten when auntie starts dancing around yeah fantasy caesar go through the fridge yeah, yeah which yeah. is just such a such a great matter of fact she just sort of like then she's on the rafters. sashays in and yeah. she like looks directly at the camera like i'm fucking with him yeah 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 <laughs> um and yeah that dance sequence goes on for a while it did and the, it was a little, dry. A little catchy too song the i just skeleton lo- too the i just love dance. the build the skeletons dancing He's the skeleton's then, dancing in the background of oh, like yeah, six dude. scenes. Yeah. And then Blanche is on the piano yeah, and Blanche yeah, yeah, is yeah, singing yeah. along. Yeah. The, meow, I felt meow, like I was meow, watching meow. like a Monty Python sequence or something for yeah. like a few minutes I just there. Love like, that builds. It's so, so it's so ridiculous that when Blanche starts singing, I'm always laughing because mm-hmm, that shit is mm-hmm, so funny. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so we're in it. Uh Sweet gets um, a lot, a lot of them end up with no clothes on. Yeah, I that guess. that scene was pretty hilarious. Yeah, little, um, so yeah, yeah, but she she gets into a little staring contest with a doll, and I thought she was dead right then and there. But like a few minutes later, it cuts back to her. She's yeah. still locked in the laundry closet, and then all of a sudden the bedding starts flying. You got you know yeah. they're chucking Blanche, beds at her because Blanche gets there. Right. Oh yeah, the Blanche witch cat. Was, Only Blanche a witch cat can elsewhere. open and close a door. Yep. Was she like the familiar? I guess. Yeah. She's okay. a witch cat. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. She's a witch cat. Um, but yeah, then you can see that uh, some of her clothes are starting to come off there. Um, you got that great 
under the glass floor shot. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was that cool. Was so good. Good. Yeah, that, that was, was really that was cool. good. So that was cool. good. Um, probably extremely dangerous at the time, but yeah, yeah. super cool. Worth. Um, and then, you know, her girlfriends show up and they're looking for her and one's like, oh, I found her top. Oh, I found her bra. She's not wearing a bra. And we're like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Was she stripping in here? <laughs> One of them finds her underwear and she's like, oh, I found her panties. Oh, they smell. Yeah. And then they're all like smelling like, the underwear. Like that was oh, just a, yeah. I don't know where that scene was going. It was, I think it was comedy because one, the one that doesn't have the panties says like, oh, it smells in here. Like something weird happened in this room right, and the right, room right. smells. And one of the panties is like, yeah, I guess they do smell. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Ooh, cool, immediately cool following that scene, yeah, right? We're, we're the, basically just in it now. There's the no cut, like, yeah. there's the, no relief. So literally, like they're in the room, they're looking for sweet, they find all of her clothes, and then all of a sudden, you have this older Japanese man get right in her face from the so side good. with the mouthful of noodles. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Transition the to cut. a completely yeah. different chef. scene. Yeah, uh, also, he, he another amazing transition. Yeah, he leans back and he's at like a noodle counter. It's and great. the chef's a bear. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I, okay, so do you know information about that? Because I had read... The, okay, that scene... Um, you, is, you read a lot. I did. That Good. scene is referencing... You're going to be on the podcast more. That, that scene is <laughs> referencing... Um, I can't remember what the name of the films are, but there's a famous uh, film series in Japan that centers around like that group of people. So it was like a weird cameo okay. that they put into the I was going to say those. Yeah. And one's like, uh, I'll see you later detective or whatever. Yep. And yep. like, well, these are yep. established characters, but yeah, that yeah. makes so total it, sense. It, it was like, Oh, it, it would have been as if Monty Python or just some other random group of people just happen to pop up in another right, right, popular right, movie for right. no reason other yeah. than workaholics and always sunny or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just okay. a little crossover. Um, but my point though was, it's so interesting to have an unreliable narrator because like the the way that the the film is shot and told, like how he bleeds into that scene by getting super close to her face and then it cuts to what the actual scene is. Yeah. I just thought that was really cool, man. It was just it's unique. Yeah, it's it's imaginative. Um what do we think's going on with fantasy and Mr. Togo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's definitely some some shady shit going on there. Just because um, that's a Togo scene, so yeah. I figures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I thought was going to happen oh, yeah. was I thought fantasy was going to be. Well, this was after a couple of people died. I thought she was going to be saved by Mister Togo showing up, and then she was going to ask him to marry her so that she couldn't be eaten. Yeah, little uh, background story here for anybody that doesn't know. Um, the uh, the whole point of the aunt is that she gains her power by eating girls that are unmarried in her house. So uh, to Corey's point, you know, we were hoping that maybe some quick little ceremony was going to happen. Somebody just happens to be like, oh, I'm ordained. Maybe the watermelon guy, if he didn't die, you know, I but, could marry you. But he turned into bananas. Yep. Oh, my favorite oh, He just scene, turned into a way. skeleton. Oh, the yeah. watermelon scene, the first one where you, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Where the watermelon oh, when they moved. pulled the watermelon and he <laughs> yeah, was just yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right behind That was my favorite died, scene. Dude. Yeah, I've was, seen clips of that and I never knew what it was from. Yeah, I thought it was just like a random thing. That oh, was, great. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, and he's no. doing the weird, like, he's not moving his mouth, but he's like laughing. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a great character. I was really bummed that he died. Yeah. The Was he ever alive, though? The madam will be very pleased. Oh, yeah. Maybe he was a watermelon. <laughs> okay, so th there are definite plot points here that are missing from the movie, right? There, there, well, you see, I mean, it's kind of a slasher movie, and he's like the harbinger. 
He's the guy that yells at all the teens not to go to Camp Crystal Lake. But he, I mean, he didn't do that. Though. <laughs> he told I mean, them to a, go there. It's like it's right Anthony. over there. Oh, he was yeah. sick of that. Like, oh, he was the sick house of the shit. Over there. Yeah. You know how many years he's been there? Like, just like, oh God, I'm, I don't want this job anymore. I just like <laughs> yeah. watermelon. Yeah. Well, like, but I mean, like when I'm Mr. Togo like shows watermelons. up, Mr. Togo shows up and he talks to Watermelon Man and he's like, "Where's the house? And why do you know right oh, then and there that the girls have been?" I know why. Because all the girls in that town got eaten, right? You, you know how he gets the watermelons and sells them? It's all girls' heads. Uh, She's maybe. providing him the watermelons, uh, which are actually girls' heads, girls heads. insinuated like by like when this. the watermelon is moved to the side and he showed his head. Uh, well, we also know that his business is not booming because he was oh, like, yeah. we d- I, don't, I don't get visitors here, so... No. No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that checks out, but I like where I you're like going. That. With I like that. It. I, I like where wild, your head's at. I like the cut of your jib. I like where your head's at. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's a, it's a cool fucking movie. Um, so we get into like the the big fun finale that this movie has a great build. They basically end up doing. Um, oh, we're not quite there yet. They run upstairs and find Gorgeous, who they think. But is obviously a ghost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. clearly She's a ghost. Completely in her mom's garb from uh, yeah. her her wedding day. Yeah. I, I love the bit where this works on me anytime. This the, this happens in the quarry a couple times. Works so well on me. Where someone picks up a phone and someone's already like at, screaming for help mm-hmm. on the other end, and then mm-hmm. she just puts down the phone. And is like it's out of order. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Why didn't I they hear that? that? Um, but yeah, I love that she just leaves and they're like, can we go with you? And she just fucking leaves and then the door locks from the outside. Great. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. And then she just hangs out, juggles some light balls in the garden, sings a song. Yeah. That was, that was strange. Like the light bulbs like don't really move well. (laughs) Well, I think it's just like the auntie enjoying like her young new body. Yeah. I can juggle light balls again. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I've been waiting. I've been waiting 35 years for this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the finishing scene where they get into the like sitting room and there's the poltergeist shit starts oh, happening. Yeah, the with furniture the, starts moving with, around and then it's a yeah. big kung fu scene where kung fu Great is kung uh, fu saving scene. everybody. Oh. Legendary, oh, yeah. legendary character right there. You got it. Yeah. Even after her head gets eaten and her body gets eaten, her She's legs still <laughs> yeah. get that fucking oh, cat. The kick. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, oh. Her lower mid, her lower half of her yeah. body getting that a, kick on the cat poster. Why Why is it that a cat poster is like the source of her power? It's like a talisman. Well, yeah. Concept. They, I mean, they thought it was, but clearly it didn't work. Yes. Yeah. It, it worked just pissed for that it off room. and made it start it throwing seemed, up a bunch yeah. of blood. Maybe there, maybe there was an. I mean, they did say there was like twenty cat posters in the bedroom, so maybe they need to get all of them. <laughs> that I really liked the um, like the blood pool below. That's so re- cool. Like, so, oh, that yeah. was so. Well so done. when I'm talking about like what a great build for a horror movie, I mean, this is straight like Evil Dead Two, and and like the re- Evil Dead remake where it's just like raining blood for the last like fifteen minutes. Um, that you get to the point where they're fighting off all the furniture and it's like there's a strobe light happening and shit's going crazy. And then they're like, you don't, you haven't seen fucking anything yet. <laughs> I know you think this is just like a cheap soundstage, but this whole thing is over a pool of blood. Yeah, we spent was- all our money on this next scene. <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a way to spend your money, though. That I wonder how they awesome. filmed that. I wonder I, like, I what they did. I don't I'm know. guessing a big glass box. Or like yeah, box it's um, like, and filled it with water and then just put red lights around the glass box. Like normally with shit like that, it's pretty shallow. Yeah. And maybe the overhead shots are of a different thing. But when Prof's in the water, she's like fully in the water. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that it's could have been like completely different. I more meant yeah, like that the interior like home, house scene. You know what I mean? Like they flooded it. Not to deviate too much here, but um, I know that like in a movie like Home Alone, how they filmed the basement scenes, they were actually they filmed that entire movie in a high school, and then they did that in swimming pools, and they built the house over the swimming pool, and that's how they were able to do um, flooding the basements and stuff like that without actually like ruining stuff. So I don't yeah, know maybe. if they maybe did something similar to that. Maybe. Um, I wish that the blood looked a little more blood like it. It just looked like red it's barely even like tinted red there's just yeah. like red floodlights yeah it's literally just, that's why i think it's just like a glass box with it's red so lights yeah. and just like yeah blood yeah and i all that being said i love the shot where she where fantasy floats on the floor board through mm-hmm. like the fucking oh, yeah, grate the and hatch. out and out yeah. into the stairway yeah. yeah and she's like moving rooms through like, like they flooded this whole fucking thing i guess yeah yeah, yeah. so cool so there's your jaws part i guess yeah that's the jaws part. <laughs> i was getting major stanley kubrick um overlook hotel elevator vibes from that too there's yep. like there's got to the be so many red. things that must have been influenced by yeah. this movie i want to know what else in that's that's the thing yeah. is like this though this was dead or whatever but it's like like i already mentioned sam raimi but there's a bunch of other people like i said the room does a full it's the bedroom and poltergeist that that room does. So You're right. Toby Hooper, did Spielberg see this movie too? Like, yep. yeah, I don't know. Um, it, uh, I don't know when or how they would have, but I guess you find shit if that's your job. <laughs> but yeah, this is so cool. Um, yeah, and then the gi- uh, gorgeous's giant head too in that scene was great when she just kind of yep. popped up out of nowhere and is like talking to them, and just she's like, just let me eat you. you. Yeah, just, just let, let me, me eat you guys. Um, I don't want to understand, and we. There, there's a scene that happens before that. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about the melody piano thing in order, but we did talk about it. But when Prof is trying to come up with the plan, and they're in that room before shit goes off, and the camera's just spinning around as they walk as they're walking oh, in a circle, as they're walking around in a circle it's in pairs. Cool. That was yeah. great. That was it's great. So cool. And was Melody? I mean, yeah, was Melody like possessed or something? I don't know if you remember this or not. But in while. that scene, when the other three girls leave her, yeah. and then she just kind of does a Kubrickian style kind of like stare over at them. Like we're like, is, yeah. is this girl like mind fucked by like the auntie right smile. now? Or? I am. Um, the piano scene, maybe we should just be like, right. okay, this is the section where we're talking about that because that shit's so fucking cool. It's a whole thing, yeah. So Melody, um, one of the main girls, she's, you know... Uh, really quick before we get into that, though, I did want to say it, it is funny that like each one of the names do really like pertain to the characteristics of the person. And we Seven thought words. early on mm-hmm. that... Oh, yep. We thought early on that they were getting killed um, one of two ways, either by the things that they loved or that this had a seven deadly sins type thing going on. It was a seven scenario. Because Mac, right off of the bat, right, she dies when she's trying to get her watermelon from the well. So that could either be that she died because she loves to eat or she died due to gluttony. Um, Second one ended up being Gorgeous, who got killed while she... in a mirror. Vanity. So we thought, like, we were starting to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole that didn't pan out for the rest of them. She cleans too much? Yeah, I don't... Well, that's... See, that's Cleanliness? where it lost. Like, I love Kung cleaning. Fu. We don't know what Kung Fu would have been, yeah. but yeah, that was just a, a whole tangent. She loves Kung Fu too much. We kind of went down while we were watching the movie. Japan um, but anyway. a different uh, last deadly sin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, piano. The seventh one's ramen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Piano scene. All right. So this was great. I, You know, you see a very little snippet of this in the trailer, so I kind of knew this was coming. Um, but... Uh, Melody, the musician of the group, um, you know, she ends up getting left by herself and she's playing the piano. Uh, who was it that's in the room with her? Is it Fantasy? 
fantasy that knocks over the goldfish. Behind. Yes, she yep. sees. Yeah, so she's in the room and she sees what goes down. All of a sudden, you've yeah. got the keys on the on the piano are starting to glow, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, some shit's gonna go down. And, and Melody's just like in a fugue state, mm-hmm. playing piano at this point. Yep, she doesn't know what she's doing, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got that little uh, piano cover that covers the keys, comes down, bites her fingers all off, clean, right? And she lifts her hands. Great shot. The chroma keying, I thought, actually looked pretty decent in that for 1977. It's cool. And (laughs) the unsettling part of this is like this girl literally lost all her fingers and she's like laughing. She's like maniacally Uh like, oh, I lost all my fingers. Like, this is normal. And then it's when the It builds from there. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I think I heard Noah go, Oh, 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 that's what got you? Yeah, right. She puts <laughs> her, hand, she puts her hands back like yeah. down and then the thing just starts gobbling her up. And I mean, this was probably what, like a minute and a half, two minute goes sequence. Goes on for a while. It, 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 was a, it was a long death. It was a long yeah. death. Um, she goes fully through the piano. Um, you've got, you know, just from her knees down, hanging out where the keys are. Uh, the, um, I don't know. Arms in different parts piano of the components here. What would you call like strings, the cover? Is it just yeah. a cover or, yeah. you know, the, the top, co- the hood is always said. <laughs> so hood. you lift so up she that, pops, she pops the hood on that piano. Yeah. Um, and you know, you've got the you rest of her body. So many pianos in here. <laughs> you got a leg over here, an arm over here flailing around. You've yeah. got a bunch of colors because they also like colored on the screen randomly, which looked great. Yeah. I mean, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. That's, that's one of the times where it starts having like the game show border. Yeah, it's like trippy. Yeah. Like it was trippy colors on the screen. The yeah. strings are pulling down on her. Oh, that was yeah. the, oh, the piano strings were like pulling down on her hands. And I'm like, damn, this is actually getting a little gruesome here. Yeah, this part's um, both really fucked. So the fucked up part is that it's like played as um, sexual. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't one of isn't there a comment she's, about like, ooh. Yeah, she she her head pops out and she goes, ooh, that's naughty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she's that. like, yeah, she's like still giggling the whole time. And yeah. it's like clearly... The, like horrifically pleasurable to her mm-hmm. for some reason. So, okay. Same, uh, unfortunately, same topic, but another little n- a tidbit nugget I have here for you. Um, gorgeous. She apparently had reserves about wanting to do nude scenes in the movie and she was really nervous about it. Um, mainly you see it like probably on screen the longest in the last scene um, when she switches from herself to the aunt back to herself um, when fantasy gets to her and you know she's got her um, her robe open and it's like basically you can see a little bit of nip going on there Um, so what ended up happening was the um, actress that plays the aunt said uh, just literally took her clothes off and was like I'll do it if you'll do it basically oh well well and um, she wasn't originally supposed to have that scene at the end, like where it switched to her and then back. Mm-hmm. They did that and filmed that so that gorgeous would feel comfortable with doing the scene. Oh, and that's why that scene transpired where, you know, fantasy gets to gorgeous when it looks into the pool of water blood um, and you see her reflection and she turns into the aunt for a second. That's literally the whole reason why that even happened Okay, oh, yeah, was that to make her feel better, more comffortable. So I'm glad they change that because that does i feel like that works better yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. with the, with the reflection it's, thing, it's yeah. reaffirming the fact that like no this isn't gorgeous because we were a little confused right again the dialogue's not really going to give you the whole story here um it's more imagery than anything so <laughs> yeah, you know right. over the course of the movie you know you see gorgeous die you assume she's dead but then she pops back up and they're like okay is she a vampire is she a ghost like what's going on here um and then you kind of get when you're getting to that um, climax of the movie, you're, you're understanding like, okay, this is the aunt. She's taking on, you know, the form of gorgeous. Um, 
And that scene basically solidified it. And it was cool because it's just letting you know, like, she's still alive, but this is like what you see her as. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, you know, cinematically, it worked out for the story. It worked out. You know, it solidified that point. Um, so, yeah, that was an interesting little tidbit. A little tidbit. Yeah. I like nuggets. That's it's a good nug. It's a juicy nug. Um, yeah, man. Cool movie. So. To you guys, is this just stream of consciousness, whatever, or do you feel like there's some deeper meaning that Obayashi's trying to get at here, or like on a first viewing? With that level of cinematography, I feel like he's got to have some some deep stuff in there. Well, you you had mentioned like war stuff earlier on in the conversation, yeah. and there's a lot of that imagery in the movie um, because yeah. uh, the aunts uh, was it her fiance, boyfriend, or husband? I can't remember. Was fian- were they fiance, to be wed? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the aunt's fiance went away to war um, and a part of why she became so bitter is that she waited for him like she didn't take another lover on just basically waited alone and waited for him to return and he never returned. So um, with that imagery, I mean, I I have to assume that there is some kind of um, deeper meaning here rooted into the country somewhere in that. I don't know why they would have randomly gone down that road personally. Yeah, there's the whole sequence where... Gorgeous is, I guess, describing her aunt's history, mm-hmm. and they're all basically watching the. That was insane. Yeah, that was really insane. I love the way that was are. told. Yeah, no, I don't know anything else that's done that. Okay, where people section. are saying it, but it's. Um, I mean, and I feel like it, it also serves to underscore the naivety and innocence and obvious virginal thing that the girls have going on where there's like a really brief shot right at the end of that sequence of a mushroom cloud. And like, Oh, it looks like hot candy. It looks like hot candy. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, okay, you're just, you know, you're underscoring the naivety and the bitterness that someone who remembers that would feel about someone who goes like, Oh, it looks like hot candy. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so Obayashi is from Hiroshima prefecture. He was seven when the bomb dropped. Oh, and he said, like, well, now my life is different. He is he's one of these like the power of cinema guys. He falls in love with movies after finding a film projector at the age of three and starts like making fun movies with his friends. A lot of his friends die in Hiroshima. Oh my god. Uh, at seven years old. Wow. Um, and so that's I don't I haven't seen anything. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen anything that explicitly says this, but wanting to make a horror movie from the point of view of a child makes like a lot of sense if like you were seven years old when this life changing thing happened to you. That is, you know, one of the all, I I don't know. I wouldn't fucking rank them, but one of the most horrific things that's happened actually happened in human history. Mm -hmm. Um, twice. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there's definitely readings of this. That is him and his daughter who wasn't alive at the time trying to work through this thing, like a family, like therapy thing. And, um, about this, is it even like an evil thing or you still kind of feel bad for the aunt or whatever, but it's this generationally just horrific event that is eating younger generations alive. It's eating Mm -hmm. an entire generation of young Japanese people, right? Um, And yeah. I'd say the imagery, like that checks out for me, man. Yeah, Yeah, so that's, I feel like that's kind of what I get from it. Yeah. Did you uh, the the little off topic here, but still kind of on topic? Obayashi, did you um ha- have you any of you seen what his uh, follow up to this movie was going to be? No, um, so no, he he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> he, he considered doing um, a house sequel. Uh, ultimately, decided against it because he thought that this was just a great one off movie. It's a one of a kind and probably will never be replicated. You know what I mean? Smart. Um, so very good. He he approached uh, what what is it Toho is yeah, that the Toho. name of the company 
So he approached Soho, um, or they approached him, whatever it was, for him to pen a script for another Godzilla movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it got denied um, and ultimately got uh, done as a um, like a comic short story. And essentially in his Godzilla sequel, um, the humans destroy Godzilla and dissect it and find out that it was a woman, it was a female, pregnant with a baby Godzilla inside of it and that they're aliens. And then ultimately finds out that baby Godzilla needs to get sent back to his home planet where Pappy Godzilla is. Um, no, but um, Pappy Zilla, Daddy, Papa Daddy G, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, Papa G. Um, he he needs to be reunited with Papa G, and then they'll like stop some force that's trying to like destroy their planet or something, and then they end up turning uh, Mommy Godzilla's body into a spaceship and send him, <laughs> oh send him packing. Oh my I'm god! For it. Toho it? was like, "No, nah, we're not doing that." Uh, but yeah, man, just uh, just a pretty cool movie. Every episode, I take our ratings and I put them on our Letterboxd page. That's late to the movies on Letterboxd. That's the number two. And you can do it on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing besides stars. And you can go up by half stars, but it's not stars. But just for simplicity's sake, do explain it. Wait, so is it stars or it's not stars? It's not no, stars. So it's not, it's not, not stars. To you can't do point Whoa, two. You I thought it was point fives. I thought it was point five. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, that's all I can. Put he, the, he, yeah, he's equating it to like a half a star. So P five. Okay, one, four point five. You've done this before. Flo yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know, but it's okay. You've. Let, I think. I feel like you let me do that once before. Yeah, I'm cracking down. Okay, Dude, this okay. isn't four four point five floating watermelon heads. Four point five floating watermelon heads from Corey. Yep. Nice. It's sometimes difficult to come up with like an object or a specific image to use as a scale, but I don't feel like it's as hard for this no, movie. No. There's too many. That's the hard part. Uh, this is a five for me. Five vomiting cat posters. Yeah. Blood, blood, vomiting, projectile, blood, vomiting cat posters. I don't know how to rate this movie. I'm going to be completely honest. Because if I was just rating it as like a viewing experience, it'd be pretty low. So, right. But like now that we talked about it. <laughs> It it was we it was really weird. <laughs> I mean, I would never I would never watch it again. Probably, I don't mm -hmm. think so. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the I like talking about it and learning a lot more about it and understanding it more and and a lot of the points that he was trying to make and mm -hmm. like I have way more inf information about it now. But I mean, as a like, I don't know. All right, then don't rate it like as a movie, right? Like it's not like, oh my goodness, the the dialogue was incredible, the script was so well written. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of a, a, a just an experience for you, okay. what what is the experience? Yeah, yeah. I'll, all right, I'll give it uh four four potatoes. Four potatoes. All right, Mac. Yeah. Um, Your description sounded more like a three. Well, that's where I, that's where I was going. Oh, but I okay. didn't know how to rate. I didn't like know how to mm. rate it. Yeah, just what what is it to you? I think is more interesting than. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Noah heavily took into consideration the conversation that we had today. Like he yeah, said, yeah, you know, yeah. learning more yeah. about it and stuff. Like overall, now you like stick with like a four. Where it comes yeah. from I'll four point five or four? What did you say? No, I'll stick with four. Four potatoes. Yeah, okay. Four, four potatoes. potatoes. Um, I, I'm also gonna probably go four melodies fingers. Um, <laughs> four <laughs> melodies. Not the thumb. No, 
Okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not, um, I have to say it's not a must see movie, right? It's not a movie that like just any person on the street, I would say you have to get, you have to stop what you're doing right now, run home, get HBO max, put on house. Like it's just, yeah. it's not that movie for me, but it's a very niche movie that if you can appreciate cinema in general and not just like a bandwagon Avengers watcher, whatever you might consider yourself as, as a, you know, movie watcher. Um, if you can appreciate the movie for when it came out, what it accomplished and what it was trying to do, then I think it's, it's a fun movie. But if you're watching it for specific reasons, I don't think you'll like it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, one of the things that you really zeroed in on is as a movie, like narratively, it's very thin, but as like a technical showcase, mm -hmm. if you appreciate that kind of thing, and I do, mm -hmm. and it seems like you do too, um, there's a lot to sink your teeth into. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, the whole no. movie, like, I feel like Miles and I were just pointing out different like things mm -hmm. that they tried or like, yeah. oh, They're look how they use the glass to like ref refract the the image and blah, yeah. blah, blah. like that stuff was like there was fun. little things too that we picked up on um, early in the movie when they had first gotten to the aunt's house. Um, I want to say it was before Mac died. Um, there is uh, oh, they're at the well area. I think it was when they mm -hmm. put the watermelon down the well. Um, over in the corner, you get this kind of like wide shot and one of the girls is right in front of you and uh, the the well water is being dispersed into like a punch bowl almost. And you can see that the water that's coming out is water, but one of the girls takes a glass and scoops a, a, a cup of it and it's blood red mm -hmm. and she's drinking blood oh, and like isn't thing. realizing it. Yeah, I think but it's, it's prof. She just, just okay. fucking goes with it, I guess. She just goes with it, but it's something that, like, I feel like if I was... I, I, I will say I'd probably watch this movie a second and maybe third time just to try to pick up on things that I wasn't looking for last night yeah. because I have a funny feeling there are other little hidden gems in that movie that rewatches will give. Yeah, there, there was definitely more of a sort of... I don't know if I would even say, like, a backbone as far as, like, a thematic through line. Mm -hmm. Um Whatever I would say, I definitely picked up more of it on subsequent watches than the first one where you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it is, it is weird to stomach the first time that you watch yeah. this movie, but like... You I talked about it. It's not even just that weird things are happening. It's it's literally the way it's filmed is disorienting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say I do... I have to agree with Noah, though. I have a better appreciation for the movie right now than I did an hour ago, honestly. That's great. I do. That's, that's, that's all cool. we're Thank you for the recommendation. Here. It was Same a good watch. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be a fun one to talk about. And it's a really like a one for me, one for them situation because we're doing Hocus Pocus next week. And oh, this okay. was this was one for me. <laughs> the first or second? I, it seems like we're doing both. Oh, nice. I haven't watched the second one yet. So. Yeah. We barely talked about um, the watermelon guy dying because someone doesn't like watermelons. And That's then Mr. Togo turning into bananas. bananas. I, I got to say, like, it's bananas, not banana, to the plot. banana, banana. <laughs> so it makes sense we didn't talk about it, But one of my favorite. I guess Mr. X or red herrings in like any horror movie ever where like the guy that you think is going to show up, like the cops coming at the end to mm -hmm. arrest the whatever you're like, well, fantasy knows Mr. Togo's coming and he does get pretty close, but motherfucker turns into bananas. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I was lost with this man from the start of this movie. Right. So that man um, was lost himself. I, fucking deal. I, knew, I mean, we knew who he was early on, right? He's got the hilarious looking little tiny toy car that he drives around. He's got mutton chops oh, man, for dude. days, kid. This guy's like, cool as hell. He seems like he's cool as hell. And Honestly, that, that would be like 
what, uh, the uh, the Ur hipster today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he was in that movie. I mean, he literally could have just not been in the movie. Yeah. And it, I think he was, he was there an for, important piece for the lulls. I mean, I get it. The yeah. bucket was funny. The bananas was funny. But like, dude, you just the plot line with this dude made no and sense. And the whole time you it's think you he's keep cutting go back to him. Too, so yeah, that, yeah. And how can that. you not cut back to Mr. Even, Togo, dude? Oh, <laughs> the watermelon it's, man. It's Mr. Yeah. Togo. Yeah. Um, it's even during like the climactic fight scene in the room that turns into the pool of blood, they're cutting back to him like, yeah. oh, he's almost there. Yeah, he's yeah. on his way. I want to hear like, I need a hero. Yeah. I'm holding out for a hero. I want to hear that so song good. playing over a montage of him like trying to get to fantasy. And then uh, we didn't even talk about the coda. And I know we already rated it, but fuck it. The coda where the soon to be stepmom comes up, but I guess they're not married yet. So oh, her, yeah. her head catches on. We didn't oh, really that understand the yeah. ending of that. But. Yeah, that's there's not a lot to it, but I, I think it's worth it to get the line about how the girls wake up when they're hungry. Yeah, it's uh, so a good line. And then you have the ending bit of just gorgeous in front of yep. a backdrop yep. like it's picture day Ta- I lo- talking about like the only thing that really exists is love yep. that can, you know, over any length of time on the criterion disc that I have, which is probably my favorite packaging because that's the, the cover of it is just the, the very orange cat face with the house. Yep. Logo yeah. 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 I've seen that. Um, that was, uh, I think we've mentioned before replicated, by uh, the Turning Red posters before that movie came out. Um, you can just Google Turning Red posters in house and someone else has made this connection. So I'm sure it'll come up in a Google image search. Anyway, on that disc, there's also a short interview with Ty West, who's the director of X and Pearl from this year and a bunch of other movies. And he's he talks about uh, a couple of things that I thought were interesting. Uh, he said it's the most technical stuff that he's ever seen crammed into one film which is what we've been talking about. And then uh, he talks about how this is ultimately, he considers this like art horror um, that it actually is like challenging and has a point of view. And uh, most horror goes for like a lowest common denominator thing. The only like jump scares I can think of are the, the noodle guy transition. Yeah. The noodle guy transition. It's definitely not yeah. doing it's lowest pretty- common denominator stuff because it's not exactly easy to follow. Some of the stuff for the time period was definitely got to be unsettling, man. I mean, the um, who was it, Sweet or whoever it was that was in the uh, the clock, and then all of a sudden oh, the clock just starts yeah. like gushing blood inside yeah. of it, and that's just um, like a, just some nightmare shit. Yeah, how'd you get in the clock? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't it's even matter. In the We're not gonna tell you. You got prof. Yeah. And, you can see uh, there's like clothing with, or Fu. something that's being like ground yeah. up by the gears. Yeah. And, ooh, uh, and then and, just a gushing blood inside yeah. of it, dude. It looked great, though. And then just to give credit where it's due, uh, uh, one, uh, the most interesting thing I think that Ty West said that I already stole this podcast um, is that, uh, well, I stole half of it, but not all of it. I'll give him credit for all of it. He's a commercial guy that they hire as mm. just like, you're a commercial guy. Just make a Jaws movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about in America, that's what so many horror movies are just people who do commercials or music videos that whoever's hiring them knows they can just replicate a style and just churn out. Here's like a million and a half dollars, make a horror movie about this and just like do it in this style and just go do it. And that's why a lot of horror today is sort of similar. Cookie cutter. Pretty cookie cutter. Oh yeah. And that's clearly what Toho wanted for this movie. Yeah. They wanted a one for one uh, job. She just was like, no, I've I've heard interviews with Obayashi where he's like, I I demanded full control. They couldn't tell me no on anything. It's like, okay, cool. You got what you wanted. So. Yeah, no, he he definitely didn't rely on anything, um, you know, jump scary at all. It was more gore and unsettling, unsettling tone. Yeah. 
There it is right there. I like the, the I'm more tone, of a tone early guy on than a jump guy. was unsettling because you know, just some of the imagery that they're showing you, the old photographs and stuff paired along with that opening note sequence from Welcome to the Black Parade is just <laughs> like it's it's such a repeat uh a repeating um repetitive, Jesus. It's such a repetitive um few sets of notes that keeps playing over and over again, but it's that really like dry, like church hall pianos tone that they have that like really sells it for me. And it just really makes you feel uncomfortable while you're watching it yeah. because you're like, this isn't supposed to be scary. I don't know when stuff's going to pop off. And it's just like, I don't know, this doesn't pair well. Along with like so, some yeah. like yeah, normal, unsettling. but also unsettling imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Like it like looked like you wouldn't really... Props think to about him for it that, too much, dude. That's, but yeah. you're like, oh, something about this just like is just slightly too off to yeah. make me comfortable. It, yeah, it's like the matter of fact way that they show you, like, whoa, there's way too many goldfish in that bowl, and like, whoa, that old lady is eating a human hand. Yep, yep. And it's just presented like very much Here flat. Here's a beautiful sunset. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that was the weirdest thing of the whole movie for me was the reactions from everybody on anything. Literally, no matter how fucked up this movie gets. Mm-hmm. The people treat everything like it's normal. Oh, it's normal that my fingers are just bitten off. Oh, it's normal that like six campfire logs just flew around in the air and tried to attack me. Like they don't. It's just an illusion. It's just an illusion. <laughs> yeah, they none uh, of them care. What I what I love is that the only person who believes it is fantasy, and then everyone throughout the whole movie yeah. is telling her she's wrong. And then when it gets to just her at the end, and she's like rafted over to obviously ghost gorgeous, who is the aunt. And she even sees her turn into the aunt, and she just she doesn't want to yeah, believe it's it. Just, yeah, it's like she's just at the end, like you no, know, everyone's been telling me that I'm just seeing things this whole time, so this isn't happening. This is my friend. It's everything's gonna be fine. She starts calling her mommy, mm-hmm. um, and I just love that. That's a great arc for fantasy. Corey had said something last night, and it uh, it, it made me think about it too. Um, I wonder if this was like during the period of time when there was uh, maybe opium problems in uh, no. Japan at its height. So that's the only thing that would make sense to me, man. Maybe these girls were smoking a little bit too much of the poppy seeds and maybe maybe. this stuff is just normal for them. I mean, how often do cat posters just start throwing up (laughs) gallons and gallons of blood out of the wall? You know what I mean? Like, and they're just, this is all normal to them, dude. I don't know. This is weird stuff goes on in Japan. Yeah, this is (laughs) this summer in the countryside. Weekend at aunties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a better name. Uh, so yeah, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Google Podcast, Podbeans. Gotta get that Podbeans in there. Um, yeah, that's that's those are the main things. You can send Noah an email at late to the movies at gmail.com. You can look at our Instagram, late to the movies underscore podcast. Uh, each week we'll pick a we'll post a fun poster. And uh, you can go on our T Public site where Noah has made uh, availed himself of buy a, a Greg T shirt. Buy a Greg T shirt. It's well worth it. It is well worth it. You will get your money's worth out of this Greg T shirt. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks, guys, for being on. Noah, Miles, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I, this was thanks. awesome. I'll definitely great recommendation. Uh, usually end on some kind of joke, but I, I got nothing. Bananas, bananas, bananas. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Luigi. Wahoo. That's it. We nailed it.